Book 18, Chapters 7 and 8 of The Antiquities of the Jews, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicola K. The Antiquities of the Jews, Volume 4, by Flavius Josephus. Translated by William Whiston. Book 18, Chapters 7 and 8. Chapter 7. How Herod the Tetrarch was banished. But Herodias, Agrippa's sister, who now lived as wife to that Herod who was Tetrarch of Galilee and Perez, took this authority of her brother in an envious manner, particularly when she saw that he had a greater dignity bestowed on him than her husband had, since when he ran away it was because he was not able to pay his debts. And now he was come back, he was in a way of dignity, and of great good fortune. She was therefore grieved, and much displeased at so great a mutation of his affairs, and chiefly when she saw him marching among the multitude with the usual ensigns of royal authority, she was not able to conceal how miserable she was, by reason of the envy she had towards him. But she excited her husband, and desired him that he would sail to Rome, to court honours equal to his, for she said that she could not bear to live any longer, while Agrippa, the son of that Aristobulus, who was condemned to die by his father, one that came to her husband in such extreme poverty, that the necessaries of life were forced to be entirely supplied him day by day, and when he fled away from his creditors by sea, he now returned a king, while he was himself the son of a king and while the near relation he bare to royal authority called upon him to gain the like dignity, he sat still, and was contented with a privater life. But then, Herod, although thou wast formerly not concerned to be in a lower condition than thy father from whom thou wast derived had been, yet do thou now seek after the dignity which thy kinsman hath attained to. And do not thou bear this contempt that a man who admired thy riches should be in greater honour than thyself, nor suffer his poverty to show itself able to purchase greater things than our abundance, nor do thou esteem it other than a shameful thing to be inferior to one who the other day lived upon thy charity. But let us go to Rome, and let us spare no pains nor expenses, either of silver or gold, since they cannot be kept for any better use than for the obtaining of a kingdom. But for Herod, he opposed her request at this time, out of the love of ease, and having a suspicion of the trouble he should have at Rome. So he tried to instruct her better. But the more she saw him draw back, the more she pressed him to it and desired him to leave no stone unturned in order to be king and at last she left not off till she engaged him whether he would or not to be of her sentiments because he could no otherwise avoid her importunity so he got all things ready after as sumptuous a manner as he was able and spared for nothing and went up to rome and took herodias along with him 
But Agrippa, when he was made sensible of their intentions and preparations, he also prepared to go thither, and as soon as he heard they set sail, he sent Fortunatus, one of his freedmen, to Rome, to carry presents to the emperor, and letters against Herod, and to give Caius a particular account of those matters, if he should have any opportunity. This man followed Herod so quick and had so prosperous a voyage and came so little after Herod that while Herod was with Caius he came himself and delivered his letters, for they both sailed to Dysarchia and found Caius at Bern, which is itself a little city of Campania, at the distance of about five furlongs from Dysarchia. There are in that place royal palaces with sumptuous apartments, every emperor still endeavoring to outdo his predecessor's magnificence. The place also affords warm baths that spring out of the ground of their own accord, which are of advantage for the recovery of the health of those that make use of them, and besides they minister to men's luxury also. Now Caius saluted Herod, for he first met with him, and then looked upon the letters which Agrippa had sent him, and which were written in order to accuse Herod, wherein he accused him that he had been in confederacy with Sejanus against Tiberius's, and that he was now confederate with Artabanus, the king of Parthia, in opposition to the government of Caius as a demonstration of which he alleged that he had armor sufficient for seventy thousand men ready in his armory caius was moved at this information and asked herod whether what was said about the armor was true and when he confessed there was such armor there for he could not deny the same the truth of it being too notorious caius took that to be a sufficient proof of the accusation that he intended to revolt so he took away from him his tetrarchy and gave it by way of addition to agrippa's kingdom he also gave herod's money to agrippa and by way of punishment awarded him a perpetual banishment and appointed lyon a city of gaul to be his place of habitation but when he was informed that herodias was agrippa's sister he made her a present of what money was her own and told her that it was her brother who prevented her being put under the same calamity with her husband but she made this reply thou indeed o emperor actest after a magnificent manner and as becomes thyself in what thou offerest me but the kindness which i have for my husband hinders me from partaking of the favour of thy gift for it is not just that I, who have been made a partner in his prosperity, should forsake him in his misfortunes. Hereupon Caius was angry at her, and sent her with Herod into banishment, and gave her estate to Agrippa. And thus did God punish Herodias for her envy at her brother, and Herod also for giving ear to the vain discourses of a woman now caius managed public affairs with great magnanimity during the first and second year of his reign and behaved himself with such moderation that he gained the good will of the romans themselves and of his other subjects but in process of time he went beyond the bounds of human nature in his conceit of himself and by reason of the vastness of his dominions made himself a god and took upon himself to act in all things to the reproach of the deity itself chapter eight concerning the embassage of the jews to caius 
and how Caius sent Petronius into Syria to make war against the Jews unless they would receive his statue. There was now a tumult arisen at Alexandria between the Jewish inhabitants and the Greeks, and three ambassadors were chosen out of each party that were at variance, who came to Caius. Now one of these ambassadors from the people of Alexandria was Apion, who uttered many blasphemies against the Jews, and among other things that he said, he charged them with neglecting the honors that belonged to Caesar. For that while all who were subject to the Roman Empire built altars and temples to Caius, and in other regards universally received him as they received the gods, these Jews alone thought it a dishonorable thing for them to erect statues in honor of him, as well as to swear by his name. Many of these severe things were said by Apion, by which he hoped to provoke Caius to anger at the Jews, as he was likely to be. But Philo, the principal of the Jewish embassage, a man eminent on all accounts, brother to Alexander the Alabarch, and one not unskillful in philosophy, was ready to betake himself to make his defense against those accusations. But Caius prohibited him, and bid him be gone. He was also in such a rage that it openly appeared he was about to do them some very great mischief. So Philo, being thus affronted, went out and said to those Jews who were about him that they should be of good courage, since Caius's words indeed showed anger at them, but in reality had already set God against himself. Hereupon Caius, taking it very heinously that he should be thus despised by the Jews alone, sent Petronius to be president of Syria, and successor in the government to Vitellius, and gave him order to make an invasion into Judea with a great body of troops, and if they would admit of his statue willingly, to erect it in the temple of God, but if they were obstinate, to conquer them by war, and then to do it. Accordingly, Petronius took the government of Syria, and made haste to obey Caesar's epistle. He got together as great a number of auxiliaries as he possibly could, and took with him two legions of the Roman army, and came to Ptolemais, and there wintered, as intending to set about the war in the spring. He also wrote word to Caius what he had resolved to do, who commended him for his alacrity, and ordered him to go on, and to make war with them, in case they would not obey his commands. But there came many ten thousands of the Jews to Petronius, to Ptolemais, to offer their petitions to him, that he would not compel them to transgress and violate the law of their forefathers. But if, said they, thou art entirely resolved to bring this statue and erect it, do thou first kill us, and then do what thou hast resolved on. For while we are alive we cannot permit such things as are forbidden us to be done by the authority of our legislator, and by our forefathers' determination that such prohibitions are instances of virtue." But Petronius was angry at them, and said, If indeed I were myself emperor, and were at liberty to follow my own inclination, and then had designed to act thus, these your words would be justly spoken to me. But now Caesar hath sent to me. I am under the necessity of being subservient to his decrees, because a disobedience to them will bring upon me inevitable destruction. Then the Jews replied, 
Since therefore thou art so disposed, O Petronius, that thou wilt not disobey Caius's epistles, neither will we transgress the commands of our law. And as we depend upon the excellency of our laws, and by the labors of our ancestors have continued hitherto without suffering them to be transgressed, we dare not by any means suffer ourselves to be so timorous as to transgress those laws out of the fear of death, which God hath determined are for our advantage. And if we fall into misfortunes, we will bear them in order to preserve our laws, as knowing that those who expose themselves to dangers have good hope of escaping them, because God will stand on our side, when, out of regard to him, we undergo afflictions and sustain the uncertain turns of fortune. But if we should submit to thee, we should be greatly reproached for our cowardice, as thereby showing ourselves ready to transgress our law and we should incur the great anger of god also who even thyself being judge is superior to caius when petronius saw by their words that their determination was hard to be removed and that without a war he should not be able to be subservient to caius in the dedication of his statue and that there must be a great deal of bloodshed he took his friends and the servants that were about him and hasted to tiberius as wanting to know in what posture the affairs of the Jews were. And many ten thousands of the Jews met Petronius again, when he was come to Tiberius. These thought they must run a mighty hazard if they should have a war with the Romans, but judged that the transgression of the law was of much greater consequence, and made supplication to him, that he would by no means reduce them to such distresses, nor defile their city with the dedication of the statue. Then Petronius said to them, Will you then make war with Caesar without considering his great preparations for war and your own weakness? They replied, We will not by any means make war with him, but still we will die before we see our laws transgressed. So they threw themselves down upon their faces and stretched out their throats and said they were ready to be slain. And this they did for forty days together and in the meantime left off the tilling of their ground, and that while the season of the year required them to sow it. Thus they continued firm in their resolution, and proposed to themselves to die willingly, rather than to see the dedication of the statue. When matters were in this state, Aristobulus, King Agrippa's brother, and Helias the Great, and other principal men of that family with them, went in unto Petronius, and besought him, that since he saw the resolution of the multitude, he would not make any alteration, and thereby drive them to despair, but would write to Caius that the Jews had an insuperable aversion to the reception of the statue, and how they continued with him, and left off the tillage of their ground, that they were not willing to go to war with him, because they were not able to do it, but were ready to die with pleasure rather than suffer their laws to be transgressed, and how, upon the lands continuing unsown, robberies would grow up on the inability they would be under of paying their tributes, and that Caius might be thereby moved to pity, and not order any barbarous action to be done to them, nor think of destroying the nation." that if he continues inflexible in his former opinion to bring a war upon them, he may then set about it himself. And thus did Aristobulus and the rest with him supplicate Petronius. 
so Petronius, partly on account of the pressing instances which Aristobulus and the rest with him made, and because of the great consequence of what they desired, and the earnestness wherewith they made their supplication, partly on account of the firmness of the opposition made by the Jews, which he saw, while he thought it a terrible thing for him to be such a slave to the madness of Caius, as to slay so many ten thousand men only because of their religious disposition towards God, and after that to pass his life in expectation of punishment. Petronius, I say, thought it much better to send to Caius, and to let him know how intolerable it was to him to bear the anger he might have against him for not serving him sooner, in obedience to his epistle, for that perhaps he might persuade him, and that if this mad resolution continued, he might then begin the war against them nay that in case he should turn his hatred against himself it was fit for virtuous persons even to die for the sake of such vast multitudes of men accordingly he determined to hearken to the petitioners in this matter he then called the jews together to tiberius who came many ten thousands in number he also placed that army he now had with him opposite to them but did not discover his own meaning but the commands of the emperor and told them that his wrath would without delay be executed on such as had the courage to disobey what he had commanded and this immediately and that it was fit for him who had obtained so great a dignity by his grant not to contradict him in anything yet said he i do not think it just to have such a regard to my own safety and honour as to refuse to sacrifice them for your preservation who are so many in number and endeavor to preserve the regard that is due to your law which as it hath come down to you from your forefathers so do you esteem it worthy of your utmost contention to preserve it nor with the supreme assistance and power of god will i be so hardy as to suffer your temple to fall into contempt by the means of the imperial authority i will therefore send to caius and let him know what your resolutions are and will assist your suit as far as i am able that you may not be exposed to suffer on account of the honest designs you have proposed to yourselves and may god be your assistant for his authority is beyond all the contrivance and power of men and may he procure you the preservation of your ancient laws and may not he be deprived though without your consent of his accustomed honours but if caius be irritated and turn the violence of his rage upon me i will rather undergo all that danger and that affliction that may come either on my body or my soul than see so many of you to perish while you are acting in so excellent a manner do you therefore every one of you go your way about your own occupations and fall to the cultivation of your ground i will myself send to rome and will not refuse to serve you in all things both by myself and by my friends when petronius had said this and had dismissed right assembly of the jews he desired the principal of them to take care of their husbandry and to speak kindly to the people and encourage them to have good hope of their affairs thus did he readily bring the multitude to be cheerful again and now did god show his presence to petronius and signify to him that he would afford him his assistance in his whole design for he had no sooner finished the speech that he made to the jews but god sent down great showers of rain contrary to human expectation for that day was a clear day and gave no sign by the appearance of the sky of any rain 
Nay, the whole year had been subject to a great drought, and made men despair of any water from above, even when at any time they saw the heavens overcast with clouds, insomuch that when such a great quantity of rain came, and that in an unusual manner and without any other expectation of it, the Jews hoped that Petronius would by no means fail in his petition for them. But as to Petronius, he was mightily surprised when he perceived that God evidently took care of the Jews, and gave very plain signs of his appearance, and this to such a degree that those that were in earnest much inclined to the contrary had no power left to contradict it. This was also among those other particulars which he wrote to Caius, which all tended to dissuade him, and by all means to entreat him not to make so many ten thousands of these men go distracted, whom, if he should slay, for without war they would by no means suffer the laws of their worship to be set aside. He would lose the revenue they paid him, and would be publicly cursed by them for all future ages. Moreover, that God who was their governor had shown his power most evidently on their account, and that such a power of his as left no room for doubt about it. And this was the business that Petronius was now engaged in. But King Agrippa, who now lived at Rome, was more and more in the favor of Caius, and when he had once made him a supper, and was careful to exceed all others, both in expenses and in such preparations as might contribute most to his pleasure, nay, it was so far from the ability of others that Caius himself could never equal, much less exceed it. Such care had he taken beforehand to exceed all men, and particularly to make all agreeable to Caesar." Hereupon Caius admired his understanding and magnificence, that he should force himself to do all to please him, even beyond such expenses as he could bear, and was desirous not to be behind Agrippa in that generosity which he exerted in order to please him. So Caius, when he had drank wine plentifully, and was merrier than ordinary, said thus during the feast when Agrippa had drunk to him, I knew before now how great a respect thou hast had for me, and how great kindness thou hast shown me, though with those hazards to thyself, which thou underwentest under Tiberius on that account, nor hast thou omitted anything to show thy good will towards us, even beyond thy ability, whence it would be a base thing for me to be conquered by thy affection. I am therefore desirous to make the amends for every thing in which I have been formerly deficient, for all that I have bestowed on thee that may be called my gifts is but little. Everything that may contribute to thy happiness shall be at thy service, and that cheerfully, and so far as my ability will reach. And this was what Caius said to Agrippa, thinking he would ask for some large country or the revenues of certain cities. But although he had prepared beforehand what he would ask, yet had he not discovered his intentions, but made this answer to Caius immediately, that it was not out of any expectation of gain that he formerly paid his respects to him, contrary to the commands of Tiberius, nor did he now do anything relating to him out of regard to his own advantage, and in order to receive anything from him that the gifts he had already bestowed upon him were great and beyond the hopes of even a craving man for although they may be beneath thy power who art the donor yet are they greater than my inclination and dignity who am the receiver and as Caius was astonished at Agrippa's inclinations, and still the more pressed him to make his request for somewhat which he might gratify him with, Agrippa replied, 
since thou o my lord declarest such as thy readiness to grant that i am worthy of thy gifts i will ask nothing relating to my own felicity for what thou hast already bestowed on me hast made me excel therein but i desire somewhat which may make thee glorious for piety and render the divinity assistant to thy designs and may be for an honour to me among those that inquire about it as showing that i never once fail of obtaining what i desire of thee for my petition is this that thou wilt no longer think of the dedication of that statue which thou hast ordered to be set up in the jewish temple by petronius and thus did agrippa venture to cast the die upon this occasion so great was the affair in his opinion and in reality though he knew how dangerous a thing it was so to speak for had not caius approved of it it had tended to no less than the loss of his life so caius who was mightily taken with agrippa's obliging behavior and on other accounts thinking it a dishonorable thing to be guilty of falsehood before so many witnesses in points wherein he had with such alacrity forced agrippa to become a petitioner and that it would look as if he had already repented of what he had said and because he greatly admired agrippa's virtue in not desiring him at all to augment his own dominions either with larger revenues or other authority but took care of the public tranquillity of the laws and of the divinity itself he granted him what he had requested he also wrote thus to petronius commending him for his assembling his army and then consulting him about these affairs if therefore said he thou hast already erected my statue let it stand but if thou hast not yet dedicated it do not trouble thyself further about it but dismiss thy army go back and take care of those affairs which i sent thee about at first for i have now no occasion for the erection of that statue this i have granted as a favour to agrippa a man whom i honour so very greatly that i am not able to contradict what he would have or what he desired me to do for him and this was what caius wrote to petronius which was before he received his letter informing him that the jews were very ready to revolt about the statue and that they seemed resolved to threaten war against the romans and nothing else when therefore caius was much displeased that any attempt should be made against his government as he was a slave to base and vicious actions on all occasions and had no regard to what was virtuous and honourable and against whomsoever he resolved to show his anger and that for any cause whatsoever he suffered not himself to be restrained by any admonition but thought the indulging his anger to be a real pleasure he wrote thus to petronius seeing thou esteemest the presence made thee by the jews to be of greater value than my commands and art grown insolent enough to be subservient to their pleasure i charge thee to become thy own judge and to consider what thou art to do now thou art under my displeasure for i will make thee an example to the present and to all future ages that they may not dare to contradict the commands of their emperor this was the epistle which Caius wrote to Petronius, but Petronius did not receive it while Caius was alive. That ship which carried it sailing so slow that the other letters came to Petronius before this, by which he understood that Caius was dead. For God would not forget the dangers Petronius had undertaken on account of the Jews, and of his own honor but when he had taken caius away out of his indignation of what he had so insolently attempted in assuming to himself divine worship 
both rome and all that dominion conspired with petronius especially those that were of the senatorian order to give caius his due reward because he had been unmercifully severe to them for he died not long after he had written to petronius that epistle which threatened him with death but as for the occasion of his death and the nature of the plot against him i shall relate them in the progress of this narration now that epistle which informed petronius of caius's death came first and a little afterward came that which commanded him to kill himself with his own hands whereupon he rejoiced at this coincident as to the death of caius and admired god's providence who without the least delay and immediately gave him a reward for the regard he had to the temple and the assistance he afforded the jews for avoiding the dangers they were in and by this means petronius escaped that danger of death which he could not foresee end of book eighteen chapters seven and eight recording by nicole k